0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Welcome to the Philip K. Dick Book Club. In each episode of this podcast, I look at one of the works of Philip K. Dick in roughly chronological order. And currently we are still working on the stories of 1954, but we're coming to the end of this very long run. Um, won't mean we'll be getting to a novel in the short term. There's still the 1955 stories and there's a good fair number of, of those, um, but soon, Uh in the foreseeable future we'll be getting to some uh to his more novels and we'll begin to put these stories behind us but i'll be the first to say some of these stories are, are the best articulations of his ideas and his his views and thematically they're some of his great especially later 1954 1955. Uh, if you just read those you would know You know, 80% of what Dick had to say about most things. But anyways, um, moving on. uh, Today we're looking at Souvenir. Souvenir is is a relatively short story, um, unlike the last one, A World of Talent, which deals with a lot of issues, but it was long and he had the space to do it. Souvenir is a much more focused tale. It has sort of the twist ending that he uses a lot, but it's really thematically rich, especially on the issues of The Frontier on the issues of culture and empire and on the question of of machine culture and work and labor and our relationship with machines it's something that he's toyed with but this is a very clear expression of what he thinks the proper human relationship with machine machines and automation and technology should be so in this sense we can pair it with maybe variable man uh, you know looking about a year later what did he have to say about about um machines and work so, Souvenir was published in Fantastic Universe in October of 1954. You can currently find it in the second volume of the collected stories of Philip K. Dick, the We Can Remember for You Wholesale volume, as many of the 1954 stories can be found there. All right, so let's just uh, jump into this into this story a little bit. There's a lot to say about it. So, a robot pilot is informing. Our protagonist Rogers that they have finally reached Williamson's world now. What is Williamson's world? Well, it's a planet settled by humans um, But it's a very interesting example of this Uh, Williamson's world was settled by a man named Frank Williamson and so we only have the name for it as Williamson's world It's the first attempt to establish a Terran colony outside the solar system so it's venturing beyond that a lot of dicks frontier stories deal with kind of within the solar system this is one that is venturing on i think world of talent also imagined humanity outside of the solar system although i think it's just called the colony in that story there's no future evidence of this colony that it was ever found it was presumed lost and it had remained so for 300 years now of course like the colony of roanoke you know people kept coming it didn't end exploration and settlement so people kept going but they just assumed this was a lost colony it was a mystery and and the connections to roanoke the colony in late 16th yeah late 16th century virginia that just up and disappeared no it was north carolina but it was in virginia the territory of virginia at the time but um it was technically in the present state of north carolina and they just disappeared, right? And there's theories that they joined the Indians or whatever, but you know, they they basically up and disappeared. And it was a long history's mystery, um, or it was a history's mystery for a long time. So, Rogers lands on this planet, which he learns is Williamson's world. He meets immediately meets a man after landing who assumes he's from the Galactic Relay Center. He identifies himself as Gene Williamson. So Dick doesn't waste any time here; he just gets right to the point. This is the great 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 grandson of Frank Williamson so whatever 300 years you can add up the greats and the two talk about their admiration for Williamson one as kind of a mythical figure of exploration the other as the founder of a, of a colony. So driving he drives a car to the settlement and it's a car it's a it's an internal combustion engine car they're driving it's, it's way in the future but that's what they're driving. Gene Williamson expresses concern for the relay's intentions. Why are you coming? Why now? Why did it take so long? All these things, and he assumes correctly that the galactic center, the Empire, wants to directly control the planet now that it's been found. That's their intention. So it's a threat that they're going to lose their independence. Roger ass- assumed that they had they survived, they would descend into barbarism, and why not? Right? They don't have the They're not connected to the culture of the the home anymore. They've gone their own way. They've become kind of, they've gone wild or gone native or whatever. So they would be barbarians, obviously, right? Without culture, without the home culture, without that stability, without the power of the empire, how can you not be a barbarian? But instead what they developed was a very technological but very small-scale society, small population. There's still a human scale to things, but it's heavily technological. And this is where the story really has something to teach us, I think. Rogers explains that the Relay homogenizes cultures and that something that developed on its own in isolation is hard for him to get used to. Gene tells Rogers that they've been receiving messages from the Relay for a century but have ignored them. They haven't really um, wanted to respond. That's why they know that they're going to attempt to put them into the Empire and control them. He also describes his society as modeled off the medieval commune with self-sufficient agrarian communities occupied by specialized industry for manufacturing. Rogers is baffled by this. Descent to barbarism or keeping up with social development makes sense, but to prefer an inferior cultural stage is insane in this view. So Rogers really sees it as only two things. Either you head towards barbarism and That's understandable. Cultures do that all the time. Or you progress to the ultimate stage of development. Why would you kind of, what would, what would we find valuable about the middle? If you're in the middle, of course you want to get better or maybe you get worse. But to hang out, to fight for this middle ground is crazy. Rogers challenges Gene Williamson and this whole society on their failure to use robots to do work. For instance, they use machines and robots are just other machines. Humanity is a tool-making creature, and to be human is to use tools. And I have a quote for you on this. This is Rogers. This is Rogers from from the center, uh, from the machine culture of the imperial core of the society. The machine is a development of a tool. The axe is a simple machine. A stick becomes a tool, a simple machine, in the hands of a man reaching for something. A machine is merely a multi-element tool that increases the power ratio. Man is a tool-making animal. The history of man is the history of tools into machines greater and more efficient functioning elements if you reject machinery you reject man's essential key and in response to this williamson just ignores rogers okay um he takes them to the manor uh, where the people are eating collectively the social structure is patriarchal with the oldest man serving as the formal head of each manor there are a few older men because of constant tribal conflicts few older men they're you know there are conflict they're still kind of tribal almost and and the williamson's world had broken up into these different tribes that often fight gene suggests that they will break up more over time that they're going to have these really local cultures each relatively self-sufficient with their own distinct languages and 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 tribal identities and yeah one result of that is going to be violence and the culturally they borrow from these many tribal cultures for their social symbolism and customs. So they're actually borrowing from even earth cultures. So there's a little bit of cultural appropriation involved in this, I'm sure. So while enjoying, enjoying a cigar, Jean tells Rogers more about Williamson's world. For instance, they have power, water powered electricity, not coal driven plants. They go to bed early. They enjoy dancing, singing and acting at night they don't seem to work all day rogers is bothered by this planet's refusal to keep up with galactic norms however he can't get it out of his head it's it's kind of like a very colonial mentality that you know or almost like a westerner goes to china and is baffled that they don't use a fork right like why wouldn't you use a fork it's better than the sticks right not appreciating um, the cultural utility of of different technologies and different ways of doing things it's just all things drive towards homogenization in Rogers' view. He tries to explain why the relay wants to maintain this uniform cultural level. He says, one, it speeds up development. It ensures that no discovery need to be made twice. Right? Now, here, we want to sympathize partially with Rogers' point of view. Williamson's world sounds so interesting. know, whatever you might feel about this kind of tribalism of it, it seems to be a nice place to live compared to the life that Rogers faces, but he's got some good points here. One is, you know, why why not share technologies? Why why not make all technologies instantly public domain so they can be shared and reapplied and used, in, and scientists from all over the world or all the, over the empire can develop those and improve on them, and it prevents war. War there's not going to be need for world war because everyone's at an equal level of development, and prosperity, and they have the same ideas, so they're not going to fight because they have different ideas. Williamson's world may recreate the conditions, and in fact, are recreating the conditions that cause greed, envy, and hostility. And there's evidence of that. Certainly, there is a lot of violence in this world. After this pitch, Rogers presents Gene with the Articles of Incorporation and, and basically say, You have to join. You're humans, you have to join the Empire. Gene informs them that they already decided to vote no. Now, meanwhile, a battleship is in orbit around Williamson's planet. The commander sends Corporal Peter Mason to the surface and he locates the village. So we've kind of had the good cop and now comes the bad cop. Rogers tells Gene that he has six hours to approve the articles before this battleship in orbit will destroy the settlement and the planet. Cultural variation cannot be accepted, he's told. Gene tells him that the efforts to maintain cultural unity is impossible. So Rogers switches from good cop to bad cop at this point. Um, now, Peter Mason is like the, the commando who is identifying where the villages for the strike. Roger returns to the battleship and discusses the situation with the commander. After six hours, the planet sent up antiquated rocket ships in a very futile effort to oppose the battleship. This attack fails utterly. And a few moments later, Relay, the Central Terran Empire, sends off the mines placed on the planet. Rogers is certain that nothing of Williamson's world will remain. And therefore, cultural integrity is sustained. Now, back at his home... Pete Mason, this little commando who was down on the planet setting these mines and things, meets up with his wife and son. He brought with his son a souvenir of Williamson's world, which is simply a handmade wooden drinking cup, something that would be utterly foreign to um, the people on wherever Madsen, as I assume it's Earth. Let's call it Earth. Homemade wood? No way. That's that's unbelievable. Um, And so the suggestion here is that this is going to I mean, that's where the story ends, but we can easily read that what Dick's trying to say is that this is going to itself be the springboard for new ways of thought, right? So Mm -hmm. the argument that technology and even like consumer goods shape how we think and how we live is really at the heart of what this story is trying to tell us. Okay, so Souvenir is a particularly rich story despite its short length. It's really fun to analyze, I think. It's really his best story on the issue of cultural homogeneity. Uh, he, it's often implied and and sometimes it's not really dealt with and in, in theorized world culture You know and a lot of science fiction does this right like all the planets are the same right uh, or all the pl- people on a planet are the same And this is a real problem. I think in a lot of intergalactic sci-fi uh, I mentioned Babylon 5 last episode. They do the same thing, although they try to explain it away And that's like earth has dozens of different cultures, but most aliens have one culture right like there's the Klingon culture in Star Trek um well that's actually explained away in in Babylon 5 sorry to cross uh TV series here but the way it's explained is well Earth's identity is diversity and other cultures lack that so it's almost by nature that or the nature of the culture that humanity is going to be more diverse I think the way it's put is like humans make communities or something So it's dealt with but it's still of course it's partially ease of story make storytelling right to to create these cultures of homogenous homogenous but it's a it's an issue that I think is is should be examined and dick does it here by saying that it's actually a challenge and it's a long process and there's arguments for and against doing this to and cultural homogeneity is a process of empire building and repression. In fact, this is one of the first questions he explores at all in all of science fiction writing, all the way back to stability. That was about a homogenized global culture that attempted to create stability by preventing any innovation at all. In Souvenir, the galactic relay achieves cultural unity by forcing everyone to keep up with the new technologies and cultural trends. Now, this is a little different than stability, where everyone is forced to kind of stay put. Here, everyone's forced to keep up. If you don't keep up, Then you're a problem right you're a throwback to barbarism so you get this kind of rat race you got to you got to incorporate the new technologies and certainly there's a maybe a bit of a critique of consumer society in how it forces everyone to keep up with the new things right can't hold out and not have a cell phone for too long the galactic relay actually functions more like 20th century capitalism than it does like 20th century empires in that because I because it forces the opening of markets, right? Producing this homogenized global culture. In fact, many empires of the 20th century, like the Soviet empire and the Chinese empire sort of embraced diversity as part of their way of keeping control in the frontier areas. Even the US eventually went this way. It's global capitalism that's the homogenizing force. And we're close to this on a global scale in our own world. Societies that resist free trade agreements or pursue political alternatives, are transformed into pariahs, North Korea, Iran, Libya, or opposed with massive military power, Iraq, Libya, maybe North Korea soon. The galactic relay is actually quite easy to understand because it's so common to us. Now, Williamson's world is a bit harder to analyze and more interesting. They seem to have created a small-scale form of post-scarcity anarchism, they have titular heads of each community, the oldest man, but they seem to be democratic in practice. We we have evidence here that they vote. The various communities fight each other in endemic tribal warfare, but there seems to be no real competition for resources because each community is self-sufficient and that's not clear what they're fighting for. These wars are closer to a form of play and entertainment based on play-acting various historical epochs and cultures. And as it's only suggested that, that each of these tribes basically, you know, one is going to be 15th century England and the other will be medieval China or something and then it's almost like play acting or cosplay on a massive societal scale and of course that's because people seem to have the time to do this we are reminded of Tom Sawyer's penchant for playing pirates or robbers when we read about the efforts of men in Williamson's world to play medieval knights or American Indians so if you ever wanted to see who would win medieval knights or American Indians well, you get you can find out at Williamson's world. Now despite these wars, the settlements have a ruling tribunal to work out the big questions faced in society. They apply technologies to make their life easier, but do not allow technologies to separate humanity entirely from production. And here's an important point. they decide which technologies are going to be kept on and invested in and developed and pursued. The relay, the Empire, accepts all technologies and forces everyone to keep up with them without really analyzing their costs. They're just calling them progress or the next best thing. The society invests almost no resources in developing weapons outside of the ones pursued in these kind of low-key tribal wars. In their defense of the planet from the battleship, they simply used the weapons that were lying around. And it's actually a fairly good model of a possible small-scale, technologically-informed anarchism, though. It's not perfect. It can't defend itself. There's a high death rate for adult men, and they are entirely unable to protect themselves. Now, but no one's going to read the story and sympathize with the relay, which obliterates the entire planet because they don't conform to the majority. And in fact, they end up genocidal in an effort to sustain cultural homogeneity, which maybe there's a few good points to there. But in the end, it's a very banal and vapid and and basically a kind of gross uh, culture. So I'm I'm glad that Dick doesn't shy away from the logical conclusion of the rediscovery of Williamson's world. Um, Now, what happened in Avatar, for instance, is the good guys get convinced by, I forget what they're called, the blue people, and adopt to their ways of life. No, that can't be the case here. The case is either Williamson's world is destroyed or it conforms. or of the a war for independence, but the technology is not there for them to win it. So basically, either they, they surrender or they're destroyed. Rogers, uh, you know, of course, is going to side with his culture. He's not going to be converted to Williamson's world after a 20 minute conversation on the planet. Once discovered, Williamson's world was doomed. It had to be destroyed either culturally or militarily. In the same way that isolated tribe discovered in the Amazon rainforest will lead to their physical destruction or alternatively, their cultural destruction. In an era of cultural homogeneity and globalization, resistance is simply not an option. Now, this idea of keeping technologies human scaled, I think is a very important one. And it has a lot to do with with kind of a, a how anarchism can come to peace with technological systems, I think, or how any kind of democratic system can Let, let's leave anarchism out of it, but just let's say we want to have a democracy, but technocrats have a lot of power, right? I turn on the light and I'm complicit with coal mines and coal powered Electrical plants and a whole Infrastructure and and all kinds Of policies that I have no say over Right yeah maybe I can elect a Representative who will appoint someone to Oversee a regulatory body That will in turn oversee You know coal powered Power plants or something or You know the EPA maybe will have I mean there's some democracy there Even in our Degraded form of it But that really doesn't get us Very far right the goal is to have a A system in which we are Capable of shaping Every aspect of our life Or as many aspects of our lives As is feasible And that hopefully That's what we can mean by democracy And the sense that democracy Can always expand We want to expand it from Voting day to the workplace To the technological systems To the family To and this is why I think Anarchism actually is pretty important To backtrack a little bit Because it makes this argument That you have to talk about hierarchy Not just in the economy but in all aspects of, of life and i think technology is one way hierarchy really gets filtered into it and we see this every day now when we're dependent on repairmen uh the whatever the apple iStore is where you have to go and bring your computer to and they tell you you have to buy a new one or you gotta have a new battery here's a thousand dollar bill not much you can do to protest one way or another or You know, for instance, when, you know, when I was younger, we learned basic car repair, right? There was even schools. I remember in high school, I didn't take it, but you know, I think one of my sisters did kind of car repair class. And the cars today are so different from the cars back then. And it's really difficult to repair now. Now you take a car to a repair shop, they plug it into the computer and it'll tell you kind of what's wrong with it. Um, and then that's, and then everything else in our life, we depend on other people and to really be Free requires technology that we can control and get our hands onto. And the people of Williamson's world in this story thought about this when they decided what technologies to bring in, right? They didn't want to completely separate humanity from production. They wanted humans to get their hands dirty. But they didn't want the system to enslave people to work. So there's a lot of leisure time. In fact, you could argue almost too much leisure time because they invest a lot of their time in violence and and um I guess that's not good but anyways by and large though this is a very attractive society and I think it's because there's a conscious choice made about technologies technologies are not just accepted wholesale um, when they're developed without thought and without applying the democratic process to them and I think that should be our our lesson of souvenir. So the symbol of a handmade cup as a symbol of freedom and democracy and autonomy, I think, is is a bit compelling, and I really like what Dick did in this story. Well, that does it for Souvenir, one of my favorite frontier stories that Dick wrote. It's also his be- one of his best, or a handful, one of a handful of his best stories about technology. So, um, thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments on this story, if you've read it, if you have opinions about it, please let me know. If you have ideas on this whole issue of how should we try to make technology human scaled would that mean giving up a lot of development and progress that we rely on and we can't escape from. Is there advantages of cultural homogeneity does does diversity have some weaknesses. Think of the Cold War period, for instance, where. A handful of nations had nuclear weapons and most didn't and that's we're, we're still living with the consequences of those choices not to move towards nuclear abolition but rather to a minority of nations controlling all of them you know is there an argument to made for just what capitalism does to kind of spread technology around to everyone and it kind of equalizes things a little bit there we don't get that much of a window into roger's world so is there social equality here you might have it there. I mean, it seems it's just as it's not really an issue of social equality so much as it is about diversity and how we interact with technology in our day to day lives. So I'd really love to hear what you have to say about all this and what you think about this. So again, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. And our, um, what's our next story? Give me a second. Oh boy. Upon the dull earth. So, well, yeah, I'll, uh, it's, it's a challenge, to, to say the least But it should be fun um, We'll see what I have to say about it When uh, I come back next time Until then, enjoy reading Philip K. Dick Or anything else, or check out my other series On American Writers I'm currently looking at, I think, Louisa May Alcott So you might enjoy that uh, Again, thanks for listening and possess My tired Thoughts That living dies, that living dies, that living dies